Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome to Hollywood and Levine. Welcome to 2021. Finally, we're here. We made it. Uh, thanks so much for being here. And what I'm going to do for my first episode is something that I have done in the past a few times. And it's something that uh, you guys seem to really like. And that is a commentary track. That is where I take an episode of a show that I wrote or directed, and just like you would watch a DVD along with the director's commentary track, I will give a running commentary of the episode. You can watch along with me, but you don't really have to. Okay, this is going to be more about what went into the episode as opposed to, and now Diane is over here, and now Sam is over there. So uh, it's probably better. You'll get a little more out of it if you do want to follow along, but you don't have to. If you're on the Stairmaster, if you're driving, if you're taking a hike, whatever, you can still follow it, and I think you will enjoy it. This is Boys in the Bar. It is season one, episode 16, if you want to follow along. And uh, it's on, Cheers is on uh, CBS All Access, I think Hulu, maybe Netflix, I don't know. Um, They're on a bunch of streaming services, and you might just have the DVD. So what I'm going to do is this, after a word from my delightful new sponsor, um, I'm going to count down. Three, two, one, so you will sort of sync up with me. And then I am just going to talk. So hopefully a lot of it uh, is not incomprehensible. (laughs) This is not prepared. Uh, I'm just going to watch the episode along with you and and comment. When uh, I did a commentary track for Simpson episode that I wrote, that's the way they did it. You know, they just got us in a recording studio and stuck a microphone in front of us, showed the episode, and we just talked for half an hour. And when it was over, they said, thank you, go away. So that's what I'm going to do now. Again, this is a very controversial episode of Cheers. It was from the first season, Boys in the Bar, and it was about the guys worrying 
as to whether or not Cheers might go gay because Sam supported his former roommate from the Boston Red Sox who came out of the closet. I'll tell you about the origin of the story when we get into it. Okay, you game? All right, let's do this thing. Again, this is Cheers Season 1, Episode 16, Boys in the Bar. But first, a word from my brand new sponsor, Magic Spoon. Now, when I was a kid, breakfast for me was eating cereal. And I used to love it. I'd be watching cartoons and eating cereal. But you look back and it was all marshmallows and fruity bits and red dye number two and sugar and frosting and God knows. And, of course, after a while, you give it up because you don't want to rot out your stomach. But I miss those days, and I miss cereal. And for years, I've avoided cereal until I found out about Magic Spoon. Now, here's the thing about Magic Spoon. All of the advantages of eating those great, fun cereals, but it's actually good for you. It's actually healthy. Zero sugar, 11 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. Four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and my personal favorite, blueberry. It just tastes amazing. It's honestly too good to be true, but it is. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Try it. It's fantastic. Magic Spoon. Here's what you do. You go to magicspoon.com slash Hollywood, and you can grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use that promo code Hollywood at the checkout stand. Save yourself $5 off of your order. And money-back guarantee. You are not completely satisfied for any reason. Just let them know. You get your refund 100%, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash Hollywood and use the promo code Hollywood to save $5 off. You're going to love it. You're going to like You're probably going to go back through your old DVDs and, and watch Top Cat again while you have breakfast. Magic Spoon. Okay, now let's get on to the commentary track. This again is Cheers, Season 1, Episode 16, Boys in the Bar. Okay, here we go in 3, 2, 1... We start, as always, with the announcement that Cheers is filmed in front of a live studio audience, and we had to do that because originally we were getting a lot of complaints from people who thought that we were hitting the laugh track too hard, and it was really our laughs. So we had to do that just to tell people that, no, in fact, the laughs are earned. So scene one, actually we called it the teaser, Uh, takes place in the pool room, which we try to use from time to time just for a little variety because the first season of Cheers, we never left the bar, ever. So we would go to the back room or we would go to Sam's office and that was the only other locations that you would see. This is an episode where 
Harry Anderson appears as Harry the Hat, kind of a scam artist. And every time that we used Harry and he had a very clever scam, he was the one who came up with it. David Isaacs and I are happy to take credit, certainly, but uh, the truth of the matter is that it was Harry who came up with all of these scams. And we thought, this is an interesting character. We'd love to use him in the bar, but it's not the kind of character that you can do week after week. So we figure, let's be sparing. And he was used probably in six or seven episodes out of the 24. He went on to, of course, star in Night Court and Dave's World and... And sadly, he's no longer with us. Really miss him. Lovely guy, Harry Anderson. Now we're into the opening titles done by Castle Bryant. They did a great job. And one thing you'll notice in season one is that George Went has a credit, but John Ratzenberger does not. Ratzenberger did not have a credit until, I think, maybe year three. But in the first year, George Went did. And that's because Ratzenberger, early on in these first few episodes, really just had a a couple of lines. He was almost just one of the barflies, but uh, he certainly emerged, and John Ratzenberger did a great job. So those are the opening titles, and now the best part of the entire episode. Coming right up now, if you're following along, There's our producer credit. It's against a black background, too. It looks really good. And our written-by credit. And James Burroughs gets his directed-by credit. And Jim Burroughs directed probably 90% or more of the Cheers episodes. So this is Boys in the Bar. And here's the idea, the initial thought for this episode. There was a major league ball player named Glenn Burke. And he played for the Dodgers and later for the Oakland A's. And after his playing career, it came out, he revealed that he was gay. He was the first Major League Baseball player to actually come out and say that he was gay. And so we thought, wouldn't it be an interesting show if a character like that was Sam Malone's roommate when they were ball players together with the Red Sox and now he's written a book and Sam is in a position where he has to either defend it or not. Now I I'm going to say this just once, but remember, this is nineteen eighty two. So sensibilities were a little bit different and I I know that today Some people are saying it's insensitive, they should pull this episode. Just know that when the episode aired initially, David Isaacs and I won the GLAAD Award, the Gay Image Award, for this episode. So the LGBT community embraced this episode when we originally did it. We also won the Writers Guild Award for Best Script, and we were nominated for an Emmy. So it starts out where there's going to be this this book promotion at Cheers, and uh, Diane asks Sam if he's read the book, and he has not read the book. 
and that is something we need to lay in for later because Sam is going to discover at an inopportune moment that uh, his former roommate was gay. At the moment, we see uh, Nick Colasano, God bless him, the coach, talking with uh, Norm and Cliff, and they discuss all the the various practical jokes that ball players uh, played on each other. It gives them something to talk about, and again, it's a very guy jock thing to do. So in comes Alan Autry, who played him, and later went on to politics and played in the NFL prior to his acting career. He had a different name as a as a football player, and I I didn't look it up. I'm sorry. So now you have Carla, who's pregnant, who is falling all over him. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, this was a, a situation that we had with Carla several times uh, when she got pregnant. And uh, I think this was, this was Gracie. So now uh, Sam is talking to Tom. That's the character's name. And Tom asks if he read the book just to make sure that, uh, you know, Sam knows what's going on. And, of course, uh, he didn't. And you have, uh, at this moment, uh, the coach talking to him, doing some more jokes about practical jokes and things. And, you know, it, it kind of gave the coach something to, to deal with in the episode. So now it's time for the actual press conference. And Tom calls Sam up. And at first, there are these questions. And Sam is talking about how we were inseparable, how we did everything together. And, of course, we did that. So when he finds out, which he will hear in just a second, based on a question that one of the reporters asks, when he finds out, now he's got to do some major league damage control. And yes, it's it's very homophobic, but it's also 1982, and especially back then, I, I got to tell you, that was pretty much the attitude of most ballplayers. So at the moment, what you're looking at is Sam talking to Tom and saying, well, well why didn't you tell me? And he's like, well, read, read the book. So again, Sam is trying to distance himself suddenly from uh, from Tom, and uh, Diane spots this and wants to talk to him in the pool room. There's another reason that we would go to the pool room, and we would do this quite frequently in the first season. Sam and Diane would play scenes there because we wanted them to have a place where they could talk and not be overheard by everyone in the bar. So now we go into the pool room and you have Diane, who is the voice of reason and obviously the more enlightened one, talking to Sam. And Sam's attitude, like I say, is not inconsistent with what most ball players back then and I would hazard to say a lot of ball players now would would say so first Sam was talking about uh 
you know, how the guy really fooled him because he was such a hound. And Diane says, well, he explains that in the book. And here's a moment that I don't love because it's Sam reading it. And you can tell that he's struggling a little bit reading it. And she asks, well, does that clear it up? And uh, he says, well, I only read it once. We're starting to make Sam dumb. And, boy, I was against that from day one. So now Sam has a joke, which was my joke. And he says he should have known better. They were in Kansas City, and they went to a piano bar, and he ordered a show tune, uh, requested a show tune. Well, that got a five-minute laugh. That got the biggest laugh of the season. They laughed so long that Jim Burroughs turned the cameras off because he didn't want to waste film. Now, we don't use all five minutes of that laugh, but I was kind of surprised. I mean, at the time, it's an okay joke. Now, it's a joke we probably wouldn't even use, but back then, it got a huge laugh. All right, so Diane is the voice of reason, and Diane trying to talk him into it, and, and now Tom comes into the pool room. Again, it's very awkward. He thought that Sam knew what was going on and was okay with it, uh, but he is just going to leave, and, uh, and now Sam has a decision to make, and this is something we do a lot in this show, and that is give Sam, in particular, other characters too, but Sam in particular, give him decisions to make. And the decision he makes here is to support him. And the way we do that is Sam comes out and offers him a free drink. And I point that out because what we didn't want to do was the -the on-the-nose moment of Sam saying, wait, Tom, come back. No, we're together on this thing. I support you, buddy. It's like by ordering a drink, it achieved the same thing, but in a much more artful way. So the act ends with the two of them taking a picture that will appear in the morning rags, and all of the bar regulars are going, "Uh uh-oh, and that is the end of the act. What do they mean by uh uh-oh? Now, I have to say that the storytelling in this particular episode as we begin Act 2 is very different from the way we usually do it. There's really two stories. In the first act, the story is Sam finding out that his roommate was gay and deciding to support him. In the second act, it's the bar regulars who are worried that Cheers is going to go gay. And so this is really homophobic. (laughs) And again, it's up to Sam to decide whether or not to go along with that. So we had to come up with ways of dealing with this particular topic. And the first thing we do in this scene is to have Norm basically spell out for him what their issue is. 
the fact that uh, a, another bar, Vito's Pub, went gay when a similar situation happened. And, you know, for them, the idea that, uh, you know, Vito's Pub uh, got ferns was like a major, <laughs> like a major thing. This is so early in the run of the series that we could do a show like this where the regulars, like Norm and Cliff and some of the other barflies standing around, were assholes. I mean, year four, year five, we could never do a, a show like this where you go, wait a minute, you know... Our beloved Norm and Cliff are trying to chase gay people out of a bar, but early in the show, we're experimenting, you know. uh, Look, there was some resistance to us even doing this show and tackling this topic. And along the way, and again, I give all the credit to the Charles brothers, Glenn and Les and Jimmy Burroughs, for saying, okay, yeah, let's do it. Let's tackle some issues. Even though at this point the show is doing terribly in the ratings, uh, there was a great joke that was not mine uh, where Norm says, yeah, uh, and this is a straight group, um, they're too ugly to be gay. And that was Glenn Charles' joke. So now we're at the point where we've set up the premise. Diane says that there are a couple of gay guys in the bar right now. Because Norman Cliff said, oh yeah, we can spot a gay guy a mile away. So now they have to spot a gay guy. That's the first step in the story. And we get some mileage out of them accusing each other. And Norm accuses uh, Cliff, and Cliff accuses Norm, and, and just, you know, juvenile crap that uh, that those guys would do. And now comes our red herring, because we have two customers enter the bar, and for all appearances, they seem like they're gay. And that's certainly what all of the barflies think you know they're doing stuff like patty cake alert and that sort of stuff again lines we would never do today but this was 1982 so now we have oh by the way oh there was just a shot of uh the man who said sinatra al rosen and uh al who was a former wrestler said sinatra Year two, but year one is when he first appeared on the show, but he never had a line. So now what do we do? So the guys first want to check out and see whether they are gay. So in stereotypical fashion, uh, they're doing stuff like, wow, have you seen the Baganza on that, that girl? So we're doing tit jokes on Cheers. Uh, again, we, we we want a Writer's Guild Award for tit jokes. And, uh, and we also have Carla's opinion. And we try to give each character a different attitude. Now, Carla is not so pro-gay, 
but for the reason that uh, there goes some guys that she could go out with. Eh, it's kind of a stretch, but it, it sort of worked out. Uh, one thing, too, that I noticed in this episode, and um, it just occurred to me while watching it this time, how many more extras we used in that bar. There were a ton, and that bar was huge. You could put 500 people in that bar to fill it up. It's why we rarely did shows where the bar was full, because it would take 500 extras. I mean, it was like a... Uh, you know, Cecil B. DeMille movie uh, to fill it. So now we're doing a scene where Norm and, and all of the guys are threatening to leave. They'll go to Clancy's bar as a way of forcing Sam to chase the customers that they believe are gay. And, um, you know, and again, Diane is certainly the voice of reason. But uh, it's, it's, it's amazing to me how these characters have grown over the years. So Diane wants to talk to the guys, and she wants to talk to them out of earshot of the customers. So it means another scene in the pool room. Really mob scene here. It is kind of amazing, isn't it? Especially now, in this day and age, how just a couple of idiots with misguided views can attract a crowd and suddenly you have an entire mob of people who are all basically idiots over one subject or another. So, again, Sam is put in the position of having to decide. And the guys are basically saying to him, if we leave, there go your regulars. And there goes your business. So it's a question of, for Sam, well, does he preserve his bar or does he do the right thing? At the moment, we have a bit with Carla, and she's trying to guilt him into it by having her uh, her unborn baby is basically talking, you know, uh, little Sammy Malone, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And Nick Colasanto, the coach, goes over and is staring at her stomach. <laughs> he says, I think it's a trick. Yeah, he was so great. You know, the amazing thing about Nick Colasanto as the coach is that he never saw the joke coming. You know, you never thought that that guy is aware of the joke and is just saying the stupid line. He was so convincing that it was almost like that really is the guy. And that is good acting because that was not Nick Colasano. He was also a great director. He directed lots of episodes of television for Columbo and Hawaii Five-0, etc., Okay, so they have convinced Sam to throw the three guys out. You go back into the bar, and Sam is talking to the three guys, and the three guys are complimenting him on how uh, enlightened he is, etc. 
It's the moment of truth, and Sam is going to do the right thing. Takes that beat, says, I don't have a problem, gives him free drinks, and that's it, and goes back to the bar. And, of course, the outraged regulars come back around, and Sam has a great speech basically saying this is not going to be the kind of bar where he throws people out of, and he takes a stand. It's another way of showing his growth based on Diane, because Diane gives him much more of a conscience than he had at the beginning of the series. But we're not done. We're not done yet. Because even though Sam uh, doesn't throw them out, all of the guys pull a scam saying that it's uh, Viva La Difference night, that the bar has to close. It's a quarter of seven. So they're going to chase everybody out of the bar. Sam is back in his office and doesn't see any of this conveniently. And, you know, they're talking about, uh, yeah, we go back to our power tools and our wives and that sort of thing. Just morons. And, uh, and they leave. And the coach is putting the bar stools on the table. And Sam goes, where is everybody? And coach is going, well, it's Viva La Difference night. You know, the coach didn't realize that that's a scam. And in come the guys triumphant. See, we wanted to get the guys the customers out of the bar so that Diane could say, you went after the wrong guys, the gay guys are still here. And that's at the point now. And the two gay guys are basically flanking uh, Norm. And at one point, she's going to say, yeah, they're still here. Right, guys? And the two guys that are flanking him, lean over and each give him a kiss. Now, when we did this in dress rehearsal for the crew, and the crew is usually a great uh, barometer as to what works, this got a monstrous laugh. When we did it in front of the audience, and it was a good audience, good laughing audience, silence, death. They just didn't get it. And so we had to add a couple of lines. And we think in looking back that they just didn't realize that that was the end of the show. But it was. That was Boys in the Bar. Okay, let me tie up a loose end. Alan Autry. Now, this is stuff I should have researched before doing the commentary track. But I said when he was in the NFL... He played under a different name. He was Carlos Brown. And I also mentioned that he went into politics. Indeed, he was the mayor of Fresno, California for two four-year terms. And that is Boys in the Bar. Our thanks, as always, to Adam and Susie Meister-Butler, Howard Hoffman, John Wolford, Bruce, and Jason Miller. If you want to get in touch with me, my email address, hollywoodlevine at outlook.com, hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. I'm on Instagram, Hollywood and Levine, and you can follow me on Twitter, at Ken Levine. 
You remember a number of weeks ago when I had my uh, mini play festival, when I had the two 10-minute plays, and I said at the time that I would eventually put them up on YouTube. Well, they're up on YouTube. So if you go to YouTube and you look up Surf's Up Zoom or you look up Lock Up, Lock Down Zoom, you can watch the two uh, 10-minute plays that you heard on the podcast. Okay, again, so glad to be in 2021. Thanks for riding along. I will see you next week. Hollywood and the Vine.